Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. So a couple of weeks ago, I had a case where I was working on, I think it was a 2.6 and it looked from the PA that the canals were fairly patent and I should be able to find the canals and, you know, obviously with an access, I'm always, you know, heart rate goes up a bit, not sure if I'm actually going to get these canals. I find, you know, palatal, mesobuckle, distobuckle and there's no MV2. Um, I just kind of thought about this podcast I'd recorded with Dr. Omar Ikram and, and in the podcast, he talks about use of CBCT. And this was really fortuitous because I was able to use that tip he gave me and look at the CBCT and guide myself into the MB2. So this podcast, I find super useful. That's awesome. Like I've never really thought about using CBCT during treatment. It's something that I've always used as a diagnostic tool or a case assessment tool, mainly to be like, is this too tricky for me? Do I need, <laughs> do I need to refer it off? That, that's exactly the same as me. And this opened my eyes. It's like usually, yeah, a rule them out kind of situation, but use before and therefore you don't want to take it again. Exactly. Dr. Omar Ikram is just, he's always full of so many great tips like that, that are just little light bulb moments. So I'm really, really excited to learn a bit more about using cone beam to overcome some of those hurdles we come up against in endodontics. One more tip, because I promised myself as I was going to get my coffee this morning, I would not leave this out. CBCT scanning. Everyone's going to ask you about CBCT scanning, okay? For my mind, CBCT scanning is a useful tool, but it's not something you should just do straight off the bat unless you see something that's really crazy anatomy. That's when you mm -hmm. think about or you're worried about the diagnosis. These are two areas. Root resorption, that's one. Obviously, trauma cases can be useful. Um as far as calcification goes, I would say what really works well with CBCT scanning is you doing all those tips that I just said. Let's say you don't find MB of a lower molar. Then you go, okay, cotton pellet on the MB area, temp, dress the tooth, CBCT scan. And that's where CBCT scan works beautifully. That will show you I am, you know, distal to the orifice of the mesobuccal canal. I am too far lingually. You Taking one at the start, it just shows you've got calcified canals and you've got three of them or four of them in a lower molar, <laughs> whatever. This is useful, but you haven't started the treatment yet and you know that they've calcified from the radiograph. You don't necessarily need them to start a CBCT in that situation to start the treatment unless you feel that the anatomy looks very strange, like obviously dense invaginitis and those teeth with multiple canals, uh, maybe, you know, three-rooted uh, premolars, things like this is useful. But realistically, in, um, in, uh, in, in most cases, you don't need a CBTT straight up uh, yeah. for calcified teeth anyway. So definitely a, a mid-treatment scan is a heaps more useful for me than taking one straight off the bat. That makes a lot of sense because then you've got that reference yes. instead of, yeah, you can know that it's calcified from a CBCT pre-op, but that doesn't help you then reference where you are when you're not finding it. Yeah, we have to remember that CBCT scan is an image. It doesn't make you do the treatment. Exactly. Uh, you know, seeing that they're calcified, well, I knew that before I started. <laughs> They've got yeah. a radiograph and the patient's, you know, got a crown long standing, blah, blah, blah. So, or it's a traumatized tooth and I know the calcified. And that's even more difficult when you've got a central incisor and it says, yeah, the CBCT scan comes back and goes, yeah, the canal can be found like 
five millimeters from the apex. It's like, yes, I know this, <laughs> but we need to know where I am in relation to that now. That's more important for a CBCT scan, in my opinion. And realistically, there is a pace for it, but um, it's not the be all and end all. Like, I mean, people weren't losing their teeth every minute before we had a CBCT. <laughs> all our endodontics wasn't failing because we didn't have a CBCT scan, but it's very useful as a tool for sure. Well, you raised a really good point, actually. I'm glad you got that across. In fact, that talk, that made me think quite a lot, um, you know, about that complex case. Perhaps it's better, if, if I feel I'm able to do it, perhaps it's better to start and then use a CBCT only if I need it instead because we have one in-house and we, we relatively often use it as a, a scanning tool. So um, perhaps it's better to wait. Diagnosis. Most of my CBCT scans I take where patients have pre, um, post-op pain. Maybe they've seen someone a few years ago and they're like, I've got pain and it's still bothering me. And I just want to work out whether or not there's something there that's been missed. And, uh, or, and, and or even if the tooth has got uh, apical periodontitis. I mean, sometimes you look at a PA and say there's no apical periodontitis here, but the patient's carrying on and you think, well, the only way I'm going to get this totally uh, diagnosis completely free of apical periodontitis is to send them to for a scan. And sure enough, often, it, well, 100% of the time I've done that so far when I think there's nothing, there has come back as nothing. Then you get the odd case where there's like, the patient's had a facial swelling and a problem, taken antibiotics from their GDP or their medical general practitioner. And then you and then you look at the radiograph and you think, well, look, it looks like it's 1.7 and the mm, sinus mm, is there. Mm. Would it, The patient's completely asymptomatic now. You can't get any tendinous percussion, nothing, and you sort of know that it's 1.7 if it's 1.7. You know, it's a deep restoration <laughs> and yep, stuff yep, and yep. it's the only one and it doesn't respond to cold, but then the teeth round there don't either. And then you send them for a scan, and then that's a useful diagnosis. And again, you ca- it comes back with the uh, with the information you need, and says you know there's an apical lesion associated with tooth one seven. You can see it clear as day on the scan at that stage. Um, but that's a useful tool for a diagnosis when you're just a little bit unsure. That we have, the, the, I think the thing about CBCT scanning is it's removed the need to do guesswork, which we would have had to do in the old days. I mean, you would have been pretty sure it was one seven. Open the tooth up, and it would have been. But now we have that tool to say, okay, you're asymptomatic. Let's not rush into this. You're fine. I'm fine. Let's just get this right down and let's just look at this and say it's definitely that tooth before we do anything. Dental Protection Limited, they're more than just an indemnity insurer. Of course, they'll provide the best support they can when you have a tough time and you need them. But that goes without saying. More importantly, they're trying to help us prevent these things and they're doing this through their online education, their numerous blogs and articles, their live education and now a podcast called Risk Bites that is bite-sized pieces of information to help you prevent medico-legal risks. And during this COVID-19 pandemic, they are providing unparalleled support to their members. So if you're a member, you know all this, but even if you're not, you can get a lot of this information online. Check DPL out and thank you DPL for supporting dental students and graduates and for supporting the Dental Head Start podcast. We, we have the tools for this now. We don't need to just see, hypothesize and think about it and, you know, with the eye of faith and all that with the radiographs. We can actually make a firm diagnosis. So we have the time to do this now. So that's a good tool. That's a good use for it. It's um, that's something I've experienced for sure. Where you you know that situation where you, you think it's this and you're fairly confident, but you can't be 100 percent sure. So you do the CBCT and it's clear as day. Um, but um, you raised some good points. Can I ask with CBCT? Do you are you using that at times to confirm the presence of a, a canal um, based on the shape of the root? 
Um, you can yes, you you're dead. You mean the uh, you, uh, you, the, like, you mean the anatomy or the asymmetry? Yeah. I call it the asymmetry yeah. of the root. Yes. Um, so I'm thinking about that case where you can't see the canal in the yeah. CBT. Maybe it's not the resolution is not good enough. Um, yeah. But you know there's an MB2 because of the figure eight shape. Yeah, correct. Yep. Yeah. So you use looking for asymmetry. So like obviously, if you have a canal that's uh, that that's uh, say the MB1 is obviously off to the the MB. Uh, the, the buccal side, and then you've got more yep. palatally, you've got this sort of asymmetry to the root. There's probably an MB2 there. You don't mm. know 100% sure because sometimes the canal is calcified and it doesn't allow the, um, the, the film to be exposed, uh, the scan to be exposed. It, it won't show uh, as a clear canal, but it mm. certainly mm. gives you the, the, the um, impression that it's there. I have had cases where you have asymmetry though, and then you do the scan, and then you realise that it's not as asymmetrical as it looks in the mouth. So yeah, that's that's okay. another useful tool for it, where you kind of, I'm pretty sure there should be, uh, you know, three three canals here. It looks like it is, and then you take the scan and realise that there's there's there's, there's only two. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, I think it's a good idea to to do it as a mid treatment. I mean, diagnosis is good, obviously, at the start, and and root resorption cases, it's great for. Um, mm-hmm. If you've got root resorption and uh, you think the tooth might be half gone, that scan is the only way you can really tell that. And I've had yeah. some really interesting external cervical resorption cases where you think, "Wow, it's um, it's probably it's, it looks okay, but I'm not sure." And then you take a radiograph and the tooth's half gone, and you go, "Well, there's no point in treating this tooth uh, because you can't get seal of fibrochlorite. Uh, you won't get seal after the treatment, even if you did surgery, and you know, it's just a yeah. whole mess of." And, and and that way you can tell the patient, look, you can see. I think it's good. It helps you say to the patient, look at your tooth and look at how much is missing. You really can't save that, and they they appreciate that. On a radiograph, you just see the healthy tooth structure superimposed over the the disease structure and you sort of get some shadowing and go oh it looks all right but it's pretty bad and then but when you see the scan it's quite obvious that it, it it's 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 not going to be savable that that that's a really helpful and trauma cases i reckon for for them it's good you can see the tooth had a visible shift in the socket if you can show that the tooth has shifted in the socket significantly that tooth isn't going to recover it's not going to revascularize you know it's it's been torn um on the flip side, you can also see if it's not been moved in the socket, maybe it's worth waiting. Um, or you've got horizontal root fractures. They show a bit more the clearer on the uh, on the CBCT scans. So trauma cases tend to be something that it's very useful for. Just that initial shall we wait or shall we review and all that sort of stuff. And it just prevents that if it's moved in the socket by three millimeters, you're not going to get revascularization. Yeah, yeah. It just gives you clarity in so many different areas. And But you raise a really good point that mid-treatment um, CBCT may be much more beneficial than the pre-op depending on the case, depending on the case. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists. Clear aligners have revolutionized the way we can provide aesthetic and orthodontic results to our patients.
Many of us want to get into this field and provide these options for our patients, but are not sure where to start. That's where Aorta, Aesthetic, Orthodontic and Restorative Training Academy comes in. Their online course, Aorta Essentials, is made to give you the foundations to take the first step. They also provide a number of live courses around Australia to help build on those foundations. With an unbiased approach, Aorta will show you the pros and cons of all the aligner systems. Get started at aortaaustralia.com.au. Thank you, Aorta, for supporting dental students and graduates, and thank you for supporting the Dental Head Start podcast.